Alrighty, welcome to the My Age Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you weren't already aware, the, the My Age Podcast is a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a map from their early years to how to how they got to where they are now. Awesome. Hope you're doing well. Um, hope you're surviving the winter if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, and I hope you're making the most of the summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. If you listen to this the day it gets released, or maybe... You know, re- relatively early tomorrow night, being Saturday the 29th. Uh, I think it's the 29th or is it the 30th? Um, Saturday the 30th is Blood, Sweat and Beers number nine, which was discussed and organised by last episode's guest Brock. Um, as always, they're fantastic nights. And if you're in Sydney and you hear this the day of, maybe think about going and check it out because it's. I was thinking about the other day, it's a really, really diverse lineup, which generally nowadays never happens. Um, it's always, and there's nothing wrong with this, <coughs> um, there's always like 12 bands that sound exactly the same or whatever. Or if anyone has a now to actually do festivals, like one day festivals anymore. Um, so it's really, really, you know, there's heaps of acoustic acts, there's heaps of loud acts, there's heaps of soft acts. Um, yeah, so it should be a righteous time. And I'll be there, so you can come say good day to me, and I'll be playing, so you can come have a laugh at me. Um, and game over playing, and that's pretty fucking special, if you ask me. So today's guest, if you didn't actually see the, um, the title for whatever reason, is Mike Foxall, and I guess you'd know him probably best from, depending on how old you were, um, Nancy Vandal, lead singer, slash guitarist, slash, I guess, songwriter, slash artist of all Nancy Vandal's artwork, pardon me, artwork, um, now plays in the band called <clears throat> the Neptune Power Federation, um, which is getting smashing reviews from their latest album, which I thought only came out recently, but it came out last year. Um, yeah, fantastic chat. Um, Ken oh, actually also ho- hosts a podcast called Condition Mint with his friend Jason, um, which we discussed, but I'll post links obviously to um, to where to find that. It's, it's a cracking podcast. <clears throat> we talk about it in the episode, obviously. Um, but I, it's one of those things that just go check it out if, like, once you've listened to this, or you know, even if you press stop, I won't be offended. And go listen to a couple of Condition Mints. They're on a hiatus at the moment. Um, they do weekly episodes for about four months, and then have a break, which is completely understandable because the amount of production and effort that goes into it is fucking astonishing. And you'll understand when you listen to any of the episodes it's fucking astonishing anyhow um i hope you're doing well blood sweat and beers this weekend so yeah if you like what you hear um and you're enjoying this episode or what i'm doing and you think it's worth a dollar feel free to go to paypal.me slash my age podcast um send me a dollar Thank you to Luke, who went above and beyond. Um, thank you to everybody who donated a dollar. It's really appreciated. But Luke, who went above and beyond, Luke McComb, um, who gave me $4.20. Because, um, you know, $4.20, y'all. 
Um, yeah, so that, that address again, paypal.me slash myagepodcast. It's really easy to do. It's always appreciated. It's never expected. So, like, I get it. Times are tough. People are broke these days. People are broke. Um, but, yeah, so that's about it. Um, follow me on the socials, My Age Podcast. Just search for it in Facebook or Instagram. Don't do Twitter because Twitter's fucking lame. Um, that's about it, I guess. Without further ado, Mike Fox Trotsky Foxall. Cheers. Uh, today we've got episode 21, Mike Fox Trotsky Foxall. Is it Foxall? It is. Okay, cool. Foxall. You've done your research. I have. I mean, I just wasn't sure <laughs> the pronunciation. And, you know, it's it's two words, fox and all, but it can come yes. out in many different ways. All the foxes. Yes. Um, look, lead vocalist, sorry, vocalist and lead guitarist in Newtown, in my opinion, Newtown's third best cock rock, punk rock covers uh, <laughs> band, Nancy Vandal. Second best guitarist in the Neptune Power Federation. By some distance. By some distance, yes, but <laughs> look, second is still second. No one really Thank checks you. the measurements, yeah. Thanks, mate. And um, tied for every imagine every category imaginable in the Condition Mint podcast, so like best looking, um, <laughs> you know, most likely to succeed, all that kind of mm-hmm. jazz. Tied for first. Also, graphic artist whose work, uh, whose work has adorned the Australian rock and roll underground. In various forms, like posters, albums, and music videos for over 20 years. What's going on? Oh, that sounds like a lot's going on. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was, I'm I'm pumped up. Good. I'm ready to offer some good stuff now. Awesome. All right, so you've heard this, you've heard the podcast a few times before, which is fantastic. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just get straight into it. Where did you, tell us about Fox Trotsky in the early years. Fox Trotsky, um, yeah, the early years. Um... Uh, well, it's always been kind of a musical, my background, but I was, I grew up in a very, um, uh, what's the word, <laughs> regional area of Australia. Yep. So it was kind of, um, all of my cultural kind of influences very early were kind of a bit, um, what's the word, um, Limited, I guess. Limited, that, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was sort of pre, pre. I grew up pre-internet. Um, I'm, I'm an old man compared to you, Joel. I'm still. Um, see, I feel, I feel old, older every day. So, you well, know, you are. Yeah, that's that that true. That's true. That is, that is <laughs> true. For, <laughs> for every bit of age, you feel I'm a little bit more. Yep. So that's yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was sort of pre-internet age, and, and out in the country in um, Griffith, New South Wales, which is a pretty isolated area. Yep. So yeah, I sort of my what music I was exposed to um, was always kind of um, a bit behind the times or a little bit sort of um, outside of the cool influence of what was going on. Yeah. But I was always fascinated with music from um, from the get go. So what were um, your what were your old like what were your parents listening to like did they did you like if it's not too personal did your mum and dad <laughs> were together when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, pr- pretty sort of. Um, Normal inverted commas country family, I think you would say. Um, Mum and Dad were, were into music, but not into it the way I, I would say I am into music, and you probably, and most of your listeners, like sort of not yep. not that obsessive kind of um, you know keeping track of whole bands' discographies and who produced their album that sort of stuff. They, they listen to it, music, but not obsessed over it. I guess. What do they What do they do? 
Like for, for work? For work? Yeah. Uh, mum worked at a school, a, a secretary at a school. and The school dad, you went to? No, no, different school. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, just in the office, in the main office there. And dad did a few – in those days he worked as a manager at, at a rice mill in, um, in Griffith. Interesting. Is, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Not really interesting. No, well, I mean, like it's it's someone's got to do it. Like there's there's exactly. rice mills out there, and they need to be managed. They leave, yeah, yes, and he did it. He did it. He managed that sucker. He did it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so there, was there much music on in the, in the house, or um, yeah, that's a good question. There, there was, but it was always sort of. My mum and dad had sort of more of a background sort of thing. Maybe you know when they're driving the car, or or, or you know that. They had that thing where people of their age, I'm not sure how many people's parents fit into this category, they have the radio on but they're not really listening to it, if you know what I mean. Like It's like Yeah, it just feels in the dead air. Yeah, basically, yeah. which is a bit, a bit sad. But I used to have, they, when they have a, have a party or have friends around, that's when they would actually have music at, at a volume I would regard as acceptable. Like they, they were, you know, I don't think I've ever seen my parents wear headphones or or have a song cranked just listening to it. It was, it was you know, a sort of a, a background thing except when they have some drinks and some friends around then it sort of get a little bit more rambunctious yeah, and cool. um yeah and, and and also that the, the music that they listened to in that background kind of mode i'm talking about was um the shittier sort of side of their music tastes in my opinion like the sort of the the bad country or the sort of the um you know what you would sort of call that sort of schmaltzy sort of 70s music whereas when they had a party they would put on the stuff that i think that they listened to when they were uh, teenagers and okay. young, young yeah, adults, yep. which was more the sort of the your 50s and 60s rock and roll stuff, which is um, stuff that I liked then and I still really, really, I think it's sort of, um, it did kind of seep into my overall musical DNA because I still yeah. love that sort of stuff um, now. So what, like, was there, were there record stores in town? Were there, um, was like what radio stations were you listening to when your parents were driving around? Like, was it just yeah. AM back then, or did they have? Yes, yeah, yeah, very much the AM. Um, yeah, two RG was the the AM radio station, and okay. it, it was pretty. I mean, it, in retrospect, it did it did. I can remember hearing songs that, in retrospect, were kind of interesting that they were getting played at all out in those areas. But that's not really where I heard music and thought, oh, I've got to get that song. Yeah. Um, Maybe when I was real little, I guess that was the case. But there was there was a record, yeah. There was a pretty good record shop in Griffith, um, but I didn't really gravitate towards them until I was a bit older. When I, when I was younger, I guess I was sort of driven a bit by what was on the radio and sometimes what was on TV. Like um, they used to have a lot of, just, yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of sort of compilations advertised on TV, and I think I was sold okay, a lot yeah. on, on my early music. On oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, and as a result, I had quite a, <laughs> a, a bunch of different sort of. Um, um, my, my my first sort of purchases were all a bit scattershot because I was just based on what I saw on TV. Yeah, I think. yeah, no, fair enough. Sick. So let's let's. What are you going to throw out there? Do you have many options, or was there like one song that was like glaringly obvious? No, I have to pick this. no, there were the, none, none of the none of uh, what they played was sort of like a, a um, glaringly obvious one. But I picked one that I I can remember listening to at those said parties, and one that I still really love to this day so I thought that was the most appropriate um, yeah Lucille by Little Richard sick that's a fantastic choice it is so was this this was more of again this is more what your parents listened to as like at the parties as opposed to around the house yeah at their best this is yeah. their this is their music <laughs> taste at their best <laughs> <Pretty cool. laughs> yeah. yeah sick alright Little Richard Lucille 
little richard he's oh, um man. yeah and the band's just on fire yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so were there any other little richard songs that and this was the one that stuck out or this is just like um yeah yeah the heaps actually i mean yeah. I, I could have picked a number of them to um it, it's one of my favorite little richard songs i, I just oh, kind of really yeah, really sense. yeah yeah but i mean i can kind of it has i mean it's, it's a long time ago now yeah but i do when i when i hear it i do get that sort of um, Nostalgia feel, yeah, yeah. That sort of you can sort of hear it in that era, um, or you know, I can hear it in my, yeah, very early days. And um, it also, I, I guess, because it was the music they played when they were having a good time, it sort of has that effect on me as well. Like it's yeah. a, it's a positive, um, an upper, yeah, an upper, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, uh, were you you an only child or? No, I had a sister as well. Older, younger, uh, younger sister. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, who, um, yeah, yeah, we kind of we, uh, shared a lot of music, sort of. Um, I guess I, I was the, I think it's a pro- probably a fairly common dynamic, you know, the, the younger sibling kind of looks to the older ones. Oh, it's the older one, that's right, yeah. Yeah, for the music stuff. Um, that definitely happened with us. But, yeah, um, cool. Yeah. So this is when you were listening, to, when your parents were listening to music, were that, was yep. it tapes, was it records? Obviously, CDs weren't a thing yet. But no, no. What was the uh, um, format? Format was, yeah, records with mum and dad. Um, yeah, pretty much all records, yeah. Okay. Um, which is another sort of n- n- nostalgia thing, I guess, with <laughs> with um, with that as listening to it on the, on the record player. Like that sort of, yeah, I can kind of, I can see and, and, and you know, that, that the room that the record player was in kind of had a bit of a... Um, a word kind of a religious kind of yeah uh, like a mystical uh, yeah 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 and and um still does like sort of you know hi-fi gear or or audio gear of any type i kind of have a it's a sort of a feeling of reverence with me um yeah yes which is then spilled over to guitars and whatnot as my life has gone on but yes i love love a music gear that's awesome that's unreal um so what you mentioned stuff on tv was mm-hmm. there were there show like were you watching like a bit, sorry you mentioned stuff like buying compilations from yep. that were advertised on TV was there much like were you watching much um like oh, I guess it probably wasn't live music per se but it was portrayed as live music like was countdown a thing or what yeah, was yeah. there a TV show that you were kind of getting down there that yeah. kind of showed the latest and greatest stuff yeah definitely countdown was definitely there um, and that did sort of um, yeah, it did influence a little bit of my music taste. Not, not as much as you might think, I reckon, okay. given it was like the biggest thing on TV. Um, I mean, it was the first time I saw, you know, a band like Kiss, for instance, who I eventually was a massive fan of. But I don't, I don't I, yeah, there was a bit of a disconnect. Maybe I was a bit, a little bit young or something when, the, when, when Countdown was in its absolute peak. But yeah. 
as I got older and got more into sort of um, more aware of music, there was a show called um, Beatbox. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It was no. kind of in that sort of uh, ABC Saturday, like kind of the rage, it was in the rage um, mould, but before rage. It sort of had um, okay. had little um, like little interviews, like Vox Pop interviews with, with sort of young kids and teenagers in you know in Sydney like at, at gigs or outside gigs or just just in the street. So stuff. what so I'm envisioning is nosing around. <laughs> it, <laughs> like that's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> it was very fucking nosing around. It was, okay. Yeah. 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 Just young adults. Take <laughs> the youth. Yeah. Talk to the youth. See what they're into. <laughs> yeah. For yep. for young adults by young adults. Yeah. Um. And and it it sort of slanted very much to sort of heavy music like and, and this that was why I, I brought it up because. That was the show that, like, whereas Countdown kind of showed a little bit of everything, this beatbox tended to just be showing heavy metal stuff, basically. Wow. That was kind of what, what pushed me in that direction, I reckon. Okay. So before we go too far ahead, um, yep. what was – what besides obviously Little Richard, what was the kind of music you – what was music, – yeah, music you kind of heard where you thought, yeah, like, right. this, is a, this is a thing, like, this is more than just – Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would have been the, those tape compilations we were talking about yep. on TV. So, okay. like, um, for instance, I, I can rattle them all off. I, I had a Beach Boys one. Um, so it was a Beach Boys compilation. It wasn't like John Law's, like a John Law's album that he puts uh, together and curates. <laughs> no, it wasn't curated by Lawsy. Yeah. Um, no, it was just sort of like a, I guess, I, don't, I can't, I, you know, I, haven't, I mean, I don't have many more, so I'm not sure. I think they were just, like, just, just best ofs. Okay. Um, that they advertise on TV, like there, there was not, yeah, not, nothing unusual about them other than that. I, I guess it was just the how I that that was where I discovered the. I didn't know who the Beach Boys were until a TV ad came on and then showed you know a minute um, collage of five songs and I went, oh, Barbara Ann, that sounds good. And so is the ads like the, is it those kind of ads where the song titles scroll up? Yeah, and then they have the coloured ones when the song's on. Is that? <laughs> Now you're really testing. I guess they would have had, ah, Jesus. The, the Beach Boys have music videos. They would have had, yeah, bits of them playing live. So I, I, I honestly, yeah, okay. that bit I can't really remember. It would have been pretty, pretty, pretty basic, I guess. Yeah, very primitive. Just my guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, like there wasn't, I wasn't being bombarded with music everywhere. That was kind of just where I saw it, and that's sort of you know where I kind of. Um, I guess it was a good way, like, like you did hear, like you know, a condensed version of their best songs. Yeah. In inverted commas. Give and you so, give you a good idea of if you're into. Yeah, them their yeah. best best foot forward, and and um yeah, so yeah, but Beach Boys, uh, um, but as I said, like, <laughs> it didn't really, it wasn't really a um, a common thread to them because I had a Beach Boys one, I had a a Meatloaf one, okay, I had a Linda Ronstadt one, right, um, uh, an ELO. Uh, electric Light Orchestra. Yep. So I guess actually now I'm re- now I'm rattling them off. There is a kind of a I, I was kind of gravitating towards 70s rock, even though it was the 80s when I was watching all this stuff. Okay, right. They were all uh, bands. I mean, the Beatles was uh, the, sorry, the Beach Boys are 60s, obviously, but um, yeah, I was gravitating toward that sort of older music, and I think that's probably a common thread with most of the stuff that I listen to. I'm kind of a, one step out of <laughs> out of the. Um, um, out of date. You, yeah, basically. you were born ten years yeah, too, too late. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the. I feel like um, I don't know. Like if you really like a lot of people who are really into music have that 
like, oh, I just missed it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, I'm in. Obviously, I'm into heavily into mid '90s punk rock. Yeah, like still to this day, yeah. like yeah. thirty years after the fact or whatever. <laughs> but um, when like in 1994, when all the shit came out, I was in year eight. Yeah. So yeah. like you know you're hearing it, but you're not deep yeah, into. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That, that's that's so, yeah the same sort of thing. Hey. Yeah. So, but I mean, saying that, if you were born ten years earlier, you'd still have the same problem because. Yeah, yeah probably. Something that was ten years before. Yeah. That, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Cursed. Yeah. Cursed indeed. <laughs> um. Oh, cool. So, what are we going to go for? What do you got? Um. So there, I haven't mentioned this one yet, but th- this um. This song did represent that period because I, I heard this song on TV somehow um, and then it, it more than any other just completely sort of um, invaded my head and, and I couldn't stop listening to it for a long time. Yeah. And it is from the soundtrack to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Fuck the song yes. is The Time Warp. This is fantastic. So this song used to kill me as a kid because um, <laughs> it was the song where... If you're at like a, a school disco. Oh, I know, I know. Like yeah, the yeah. song come on and everyone would do that one dance. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really want to dance with all of you people, but like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to realize that I'm still the guy standing against the wall kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, it's compulsory. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it becomes such a thing like, that every, like, you know, mums and dad, like, everyone would know the, the movements to and stuff like it was, a, it was one of those. Oh, really? We're doing this now? But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was after though, Joel. I, I'm talking about this was when I was. Um, oh no, I get it. Like it's a, <laughs> and it's just and look and like when I, I put on my deep seated. Cool. Yeah, I was when I put on my deep seated like troubled issues of being in primary school, like blue light discos and whatever. Put that all aside. The song's fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Like that's the the thing that um when. when I sort of think back on it, like it, it um, you know, I don't, I, I don't listen to it a lot these days. I mean, it's, it's one of those songs that you hear periodically, whether you want to or not. But when I do listen to it, I think like this has got all the building blocks of the stuff that I still really love, like that sort of shuffle boogie guitar in it. Yep. Um, uh, uh, the singer's voice, like uh, I think it's Richard O'Brien is that guy's name. Um, is exactly my sort of singer. Like I love, like he, he sounds a lot. I, I was thinking about this very recently. He sounds a lot like Noddy Holder, the singer from Slade, who is my favorite singer of all time. Yes. And this song itself actually sounds a bit like a Slade song, which I was, you know, I was a couple of years away from starting to listen to them, but that, that this is like a bit of a template. It's for that. definitely setting you up. Yeah. 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 And then the, the sing along, like the, you know, the sing along chorus, like it's, it, all those elements sort of, um, were very much my bag at the time and, and probably ever since. See, that makes sense. Yeah. Alrighty. So, time warp, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it indeed. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Doing the time war. Drinking those moments when the blackness will hit me. And the void will be calling. 
just a jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. song was, was there was it the whole rocky horror picture show soundtrack that you're into or was it like well, was it just that song or n- no it wasn't because i didn't i had no idea what the rocky horror picture show was oh, at, right. at, the, at the time that this song was a was a hit um this would have been played on the radio back then i reckon like it was okay. a massive hit. i would have seen this on tv as well but i didn't i didn't really know much about the the film but i do remember my sister and i demanding that my mum take us to the film yeah um, and so she did, <laughs> having no idea what the actual was. Um, she was she a conservative woman or she was she was a Christian uh, a, a woman, um, yeah. pretty open minded really though. Like for a for a, um, but not <laughs> if she had known what the movie she wasn't was, ready for it. No, no, nor was I or my sister. Like we yeah. we had no idea about the um, the uh, sort of <laughs> perverted sexual um, innuendo. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We just wanted to, to, to see this song. Um, and so it was quite, yeah. It was literally a, a it was literally a horror show <laughs> when we went. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> That's so. Was it um, when you said you saw it on TV? Was it? Like, were they playing film clips on that? Was it beatbox? Yeah. You say, or? No. Well, that's a good question. No, and this would have been played on on Countdown or on any. Um, uh, yeah. I, but I mean, did, it, it was everywhere basically when I when I was in about year six. Yep. This was yeah. It was there was probably by that stage, also maybe the the first sort of um, 
you know, Saturday morning music shows. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, what do they used to call those? Smash hits, those sort of yep. type things were coming into vogue maybe. I um, can't remember exactly. I just know it was, it was being shown a lot and played a lot. Like it was kind of everywhere basically. Yeah, and it was just would have been the scene from the movie, yeah? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So setting you up for some um, perverted sexual <laughs> whatevers, what, yep, yep. what's the, um, like, how did you kind of, I mean, you, that's a big breakaway, but you did it unintentionally. Mm-hmm. What was the, uh, what was the stuff you kind of started listening to that your parents were like, ooh, not sure yeah, about well, this. <laughs> besides, obviously, besides Rocky Horror Picture Show after the fact. Yeah, that was a bad, that was probably a bit of a, um, a warning sign there. Um, yeah, well, this, I mean, from that age onwards, I guess I did get into the heavier music. Um, I, would, I would have probably called myself a heavy metal kid at that sort of early teens, mid-teens okay. sort of section. And that was when the, yeah, I guess that was when Beatbox was really influential. And Where was Beatbox playing? On the ABC. Okay. Um, I think it was on Saturday morning as well. I think it was, yeah. Um, I, I used to record it on a VHS tape and then yep. sort of have... Um, Actually, you know what? I, I think I had I had my VH tape ready to ready to roll, and then if I saw something, I thought, "Oh, yep, this is good." Record. I'd record it. Yep. So I had this this massive three hour long compilation of all this sort of music, and and that was kind of my window into um um what to me was alternative music. Like it was the, I know it wasn't the sort of music that everyone was listening to at school, and it wasn't. I didn't really have any friends other than my sister that knew any of these bands. Like I, I was yeah. sort of just discovering these um, bands going, oh, well, what the fuck? Um, and and, and I, I had no sort of real idea also of the chronology. Like I, I was watching, you know, Deep Purple and, and um, Motley Crue. At the, I was discovering them both at the same yeah, time. Like yeah, it was, back they, they to they that all kind just, of thing. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that those guys were now, you know, <laughs> 15 years older or whatever and those guys were. Yeah, you know, the now the, thing, yeah. Yeah, the now thing, yeah. It was sort of just one thing after the other. So, um, and, and also no idea of, you know, um, uh, where a song fitted in their Discography chronology. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so if that sort of if a band, like, uh, for instance, a bit of a tangent here, but I, I, it took me a long time to get into Black Sabbath because the first Black Sabbath I was introduced to was mid-80s Black Sabbath, which was a bit shit. Okay. So I, I sort of kind of wrote them off for many, many years thinking, oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't really like them was this like I've got no idea about Black Sabbath disc like you know chronological right. order like mid mid eighties was that still with Ozzy was he back no no was... well 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 after Ozzy that's the thing yeah like right, Ozzy okay. sort of all through the seventies and I, I'm not sure the exact he was replaced by Ronnie James Dio, Dio yeah around the turn of the decade basically but then they had other like but I, I didn't even I even missed Ronnie James Dio the, 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 when I saw Black Sabbath they had some other doofus all right okay um, there you go. Yeah, it was a, a, un, unusually so for a band of that that sort of influence and stature. They did have a lot of different singers, um, and yeah, they kind of lost their way a little bit, as you do after playing for yeah, you know, a lot of time. years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, as was, weird as it sounds, yeah. like I mean, maybe it's I don't. Like, I always have this weird thing where fifteen years ago in the like fifteen years, <clears> like dating something fifteen years in the eighties, yeah, was an eternity. Yeah, Whereas yeah. nowadays, 15 years ago, I may know. as well be three. Like, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. I have that thought all the time too. Like even about my own music that I that I recorded. Yeah, whatever it was. You, but yeah, you're right. Like at that time, yeah, it was an eternity ago. Like the the um, the 70s, I only just finished really. But I, but I guess I was. Um, 
like I said, I was kind of experiencing them all in a bit of a time warp anyway. Yeah. To, hey, see what I did there? Pun, pun, pun. <laughs> Boom. Yes. There you go, Joel. I'll throw a sound effect in there. <laughs> yes, a la yeah. Condition Mint, <laughs> which we will talk about definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was, it was all just a bit of a, a jumble, but I guess the common theme was, yeah, I, I liked the music with the heavy guitars um, and I was just basically trying to suck in as much of it as I could at that at that stage, which was it's still, uh, other than Beatbox being the shining sort of uh, exemplar, there wasn't a lot of places to discover it outside of that. So what about, like, the, is the record store, the local Griffith record store coming on board with that kind of thing or...? Yeah, yeah, they, they were actually, I think, pretty good. Like, I used to go there and um, trawl through the, the record racks and yeah, and I, I discovered heaps of stuff then. And, and again, I didn't really know who most of the bands were. I just sort of judged by that. <laughs> I had a strategy, which I think I might have mentioned on the uh, Condition Mint podcast, that if, if the band had long hair and they had a song that had the word rock in the title. Oh, dude, yeah. That, <laughs> that was what, not good enough for me to make a purchase. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it, it did have mixed results that like. I, yeah, I, it's, I it's, it really is. Um, <laughs> you are kind of casting a wide net of quality. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and a lot of and the, the, the and the the fucking tricky thing was a, a lot of bands that uh, had long hair in those days weren't really that heavy, and I was like getting sucked into the. I was getting some yacht rock. And yeah, the prettier really, side of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making some bad mistakes. That's why the the word rock in the title was actually a, a good little sort of. Um, if you were using the scientific method, it, was, it, it it did exclude a lot of you know stuff that I. Wanted excluded, so yeah, yeah that well, it wasn't a perfect system, Joel, but it was a system. I really like it. I like the um, <laughs> ingenuity is probably not the right word, but like you know the like your your culling system or your critiquing yeah. or whatever the word is, scientific method. I yeah, like. well, let's use that because it is scientific method. I really like that. Like you know, because a lot of people just go off the artwork, but yeah, yeah, then yeah, you yeah, kind of. God knows what happens when, like you. You can make mistakes that way too. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's a strategy as well. I think I think uh, my Nancy Vandal and Neptune colleague Dean Bakota was more. That was his strategy. I mean, because a lot of the bands, it, I'm going on a tangent here. He, no, he was Croatian. Away. Yeah, he he was not uh, a native English speaker, so he didn't have you know the, that. Uh, a lot of the song titles were gobbledygook to him. So the the artwork was the. Uh, the key voice to uh, determine wow. what to get wrong. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. There you go. So Different methods. That was... How many radio stations were down there? Like, were there, was there a... Obviously, there wasn't a plethora of choice, but... Um, no. Was there anything on the radio that was kind of heavier? Um, more, more sort of uh, the 70s sort of boogie stuff, which I also really, really like. Yeah. Um, Ted Mullery gang, that's uh, maybe a little bit of ACDC, that sort of stuff. So there was that. I mean, ACDC were around actually, they, they were kind of a, because it was a country, fairly bogan town, that was always there as well. Yeah. So that wasn't um, as much of a sort of a, a mystery to me. I knew, I knew ACDC, everyone knew ACDC. Yeah, see. Um, so that, that sort of stuff was on the radio, I guess that sort of, you know, um, again, we're sort of in Griffiths or sort of five or so years behind the times, like late 70s kind of uh, um, Albert's Studios kind of records, pop, rock stuff was on the radio. So that was okay. yeah, kicking yeah. away, yeah. Unreal. So did you last in Griffith for long? Yeah, yeah. I, I um, went through high school there and um, 
So uh, up until 18, I was um, living in Griffith, yeah. And when did you, was like, again, I said in the intro, you're a guitar, you've been a guitarist in a couple of bands, but <laughs> currently, um, obviously, Nancy Vandal. Uh, yeah, we'll get into Nancy Vandal and Power Feder- Neptune Power Federation soon, but... Like, what made you pick up guitar? Or was guitar the first instrument, or...? Well, it was, but but by this stage I hadn't picked it up, Joel. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this might answer a lot of, a lot of questions yeah, people have, actually, sense. about my guitar playing. No, no, I was never inclined to play. I was playing air guitar at this point in my Understandable. life. Understandable. They're nice yeah, and affordable. Um, very, very competent air guitarist. Yeah. Um, but no, no, that, that thought hadn't really entered my mind... Maybe it was just sort of entering my mind as I was finishing high school. I guess um, there was a couple. There's a couple. There was a couple of bands in Griffith that used to play at sort of local events and schools and stuff, and 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 they were kind of on the heavier side as well. Those dudes were probably they were a couple of years older than me, but I I, I suspect I would have a lot in common with them music taste wise. Just but you never that. you never really approached them. No, no, they were, they were older kids at school, so that wouldn't have yeah. been. Yeah, that, that wasn't the dumb thing. No, yeah. no. <laughs> no, fair so, enough. So, no, no, then playing music wasn't really on my radar at that stage. Okay, that's that's yeah, that surprises me, but sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think I think most people I know that I've met and played with in bands were all playing by this stage. No, I was a late late bloomer, late bloomer. So then, what about what about the art side of things? Like, were you was that what you were filling your time with, or you were in, you're, yeah. you're into sports as well, or yeah, I, I was pretty sporty as well. Um, played footy and cricket most of those years. Um, yep. But yeah, art art was there constantly from the get go as well. And and and, and your um, understanding of my art as it is now is, yep. was happening then. Like I was doing you know band logos and copying album covers and all that sort of stuff. So that all of that stuff would be as you would expect it to be. Um, yes. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Cool. And then guitar came eventually. Yeah. 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 I mean, one, I mean, sort of one led to the other. I think really. Awesome. Yeah. Was sorry. Was your art your your art was obviously like you weren't painting. How would I explain this? Like what? Yeah. What were you were painting? You were still doing kind of pop culture stuff. In yeah. The early days, I, I, as opposed to. Like I don't know, I don't know. Art all, <laughs> what what a kids? Know. Yeah. Like now, I, I sort of was doing comics when I was young. Like oh, cool. I was really okay. into comics. Um, but then by that sort of mid sort of teen era, it was getting towards music. I guess like um, um, but I still sort of didn't really think of myself. I, I was doing art. I was just fucking doodling just, and on my school yeah. books and stuff, basically. But yeah, started drawing. You know, uh, band sort of stuff. I mean, I mean, when I was in about year uh, nine, I want to say, my mates and I had this band, inverted commas, where I would just draw the album covers. Okay. And the band logo and stuff. So I was doing that from a very, like that That was, um, yeah, that, <laughs> that kept going for a number of years actually. The, the drawing albums for non-existent bands was a big thing. That's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> We're Squillions now, I'm sure. Those early <laughs> yeah, drawings. I wonder where they are. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Alrighty, so let's talk about the music then. Mm-hmm. What um what have you got for us? Okay, well, I'll, I've um the band I remember getting into in this stage that sort of really represented that sort of how I describe myself as a heavy metal kid um is Motorhead, a little okay. band you you you, yep. um, you may have heard of. May have yes, am aware of. <laughs> and the song I've picked is "Killed by Death." Why this one? Mostly because it fit in perfectly 
into that sort of time frame. It was mid-80s Motorhead. Um, yep. Again, looking back, it's not the best Motorhead period. Uh, this is kind of a weird sort of lineup of there. I think it's the last... Um, um, the last version which had... Um, fuck, what's his name? Not Phil Taylor. Um, Fast Eddie Clark. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a comp- from a compilation, I think. It was the only new song on this compilation. Then they... And they had a drummer. I can't remember who it was, but it was got kind of like an in between period in, in Motorhead. And looking back, it's not the best, but I just remember it. And I remember the video. I don't know if you've ever seen the video. Um, starts with this, this sort of <laughs> really trampy looking girl telling her parents she's going out for the night, and them saying, "No, you're not going out dressed like that." And then Lemmy comes through the wall on a motorbike. Good. And she jumps on the back, and he sticks the finger up Good. at the camera. So that that's I guess that was um, that does encapsulate to me what beatbox was all about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, have very 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 fond memories of that video and, and this song. <laughs> Yeah. 
Good. So the video I just <laughs> saw, the um, finger was censored. Yeah, that's 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 the only version I've ever seen. Yeah, right. Okay, so that, I've never yeah. seen the finger. There you go. Sick. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if there is a ver- an uncensored an version uncensored. kicking around. Yeah. Yeah. Where you see the. <laughs> it doesn't really disguise much, does it? No, like it's it's like <laughs> it's right instead. It's like instead of writing. Fuck your right, F star <laughs> yeah, CK yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like we get yeah. it. Like yeah, yeah. You know that's yeah. that's really saved us a lot of a yeah. lot of grief. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of a lot of traumatized kids have just dodged a bullet. Yeah. Oh, nothing wrong with that. No, sick. Okay, so you said you're in Griffith till you were finished yep. high school. Yep. And then what made you leave and where'd you go? Oh, just the normal stuff. Going to uni. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Went to Sydney to go to uni just because there was no, yeah, no, no unis in Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I was kind of also ready to, you know, to, to branch out. I was pretty, pretty, um, pretty sheltered sort of country kid, basically. I lived there my whole life. Um, yeah, and I think I maybe just towards the, right at the end of my time there, I was kind of ready to sort of, um, to, uh, to branch out a little bit from, um, country kid i remember actually my year 12 english teacher yeah um really got along well with and and um, really liked doing english and right at the end of um high school sort of after school had finished we ran around, went around to his place a few times and he was playing some records and, and he was into punk okay um and that was a bit of a an eye-opening sort of thing. like i said to me to me at that stage you know heavy metal was punk like that, that was my weird music that no one else listened to. And yeah, rebellious was, was stuff. Rebellious, yeah, 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 yeah. And this punk stuff was just like, what the fuck is this? Like I'd, I hadn't even been exposed to it because there certainly wasn't any of that on the radio or on um, on um, TV. You know, it was just another whole world. And he had a lead sort of – it was also UK punk sort of stuff, like yeah. um, your Sex Pistols and Clash stuff, but also – um, a bunch of these compilations of these bands. I'd never, I mean, I think I, I, I think I was aware of the Sex Pistols because they kind of parody. They were parody a little bit by that stage. Like, kind of there was you know skits on you know Norman Gunston or something. Yeah, like would, would, would dress up, and so I kind of knew vaguely what punk looked like, but I didn't didn't really hadn't really been exposed to the music properly. And and that was um, yeah that that. Um, Mr. Koskinas, <laughs> from yeah. his first name, Angelo. His name is Angelo. What's up, Angelo? Angelo. He's listening. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Uh, hello, hello, Mr. Koskinas. Um, yeah, Angelo was, um, yeah, was was a punk fellow. He wasn't. He was. He was a young guy at the time, probably in his early twenties. So he probably, you know, um, was a, a teenager or young young man when punk sort of exploded. So he sort of was my gateway into that world. So yeah, I, I guess when I, I, what I'm saying is when I left, I went to Sydney, I kind of knew what punk was and what, what underground music was. I thought I did. Before you go on, why Sydney? Yeah. Like is, um, like, I, like I assume that Griffiths would be closer to Melbourne. But it's it kind of in like the middle. About, yeah, it's about halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of scale of things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I never really contemplated going to Melbourne, which is weird because I love Melbourne. But um, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. No, fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I went to Uni of New South Wales um, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and that, but by that stage music was like I was, I mean, in retrospect I probably should have just um, not worried about doing uni and going, went back to it a few years later because I was obsessed with music. And that's when I did start. What did you do up there, sorry? Guitar. 
What, what um, I did an arts degree okay. and then a, then a dip ed. So I, did, I, I was basically planning on becoming a teacher. Cool. Okay. Um, which I did very briefly, but yeah, um, down the track. Um, but yeah, at, at uni, like in the first couple of weeks I was there, I just gravitated straight away <laughs> towards the long haired dudes and yep. um, they were, uh, well, <laughs> he wasn't known then as JJ Lamore, but he was. Um, JJ Lamore. Wow. And this is, um, so this is the early Nets of Andal. Like yeah, the this is it. They were, yep, we just ran into each other. We were uh, all the, the country kids, the country heavy metal kids. We were at the um, at the college I went to. Right. And and he had just been he had just bought a guitar or been given a guitar in the last twelve months. So he was learning the guitar, JJ. Yep. And I was hanging around with him, sort of instantly. And, and Rolfie, the other the original bass player for Nancy Vandal. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and I said, fuck, why don't I um, <laughs> learn the guitar? There's money in this. There's <laughs> <laughs> big bucks. I've seen it on TV. Yeah, massive. A big, great career awaits yeah. us. Yeah. Um, what can go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, and I was still at this point, I might add, doing the um, pretend album covers. This was for me and JJ, our band. Right, okay. Um and that was called, and, and that had a name. That, were, that was Meadax, and we were eventually we eventually formed Meadax. This, this was the what I'm trying to get at before the artwork became the art. No, life imitated art. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he he um, I think actually I I bought his guitar off him, and he because he got a new guitar. He, he'd moved past the um. The strat the, copy. The, the cheap strat. It was yeah. a strat copy. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> How did you there? know that? It's How a, would you have known? I've worked well, in guitar shops for way too long yeah, to know yeah. that. You Every, know, you know, where they, Yeah. <laughs> it was indeed a, a shit strat copy. Um, and JJ uh, went on to the Ibanez, the sort of pointy-headed fucking Ibanez cool. um, s- slick guitar. So, yeah, so I started learning guitar with him. He taught, he was teaching me. So I was, I was learning off a guy that had been playing for a... Less than twelve months. It's the it's the Marge Simpson school of teaching. Just be one page ahead of the the student, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never I never thought that JJ wasn't an appropriate person to learn off. So That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a good. So like, tell us. A, so this is what late eighties, early nineties. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Eighty nine. I think. Yeah. It was the first year at uni. Tell us about what, like, because you're so what what uni was it? New South Wales or Sydney? New South Wales Uni. Okay, so but where were you living at the time? We were living on campus there at, at New okay. South Wales Uni. So in Kensington, uh, Sydney East, basically, for yeah. people who don't live in Sydney. So what was happening like around that time? Like, was um, like was Newtown the um, alternative? I mean, Newtown's kind of up the road ish. Yeah, like it, the it, was it, it the was. alternative hub that it became, or what's? Yeah, it, it was, man. But 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 I was still, <laughs> even though. I thought I was okay. Now I'm living in Sydney. I'm doing the Sydney. I, I was still very sheltered, and so we, we were living in the eastern suburbs, which, as you know, and anyone lives in Sydney knows, isn't really or has ever been the cooler sort of part of Sydney. It's kind of the beachy. Yeah. You know, it was probably not as not as um, upmarket as it is these days, but it was not rock and roll central Newtown, and even like Surrey. I think Surrey Hills in those days was the big. Music hub, oh, right. in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, Newtown was it was 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 happening as well, but yeah, Surrey Hills was kind of like the. I think in the eighties that Surrey Hills was the big sort of in the, with the uh, Hope Town and yep. a bunch of places like that. So all that stuff was going on, but I was only really on the periphery of it. Like I was just 
again, I was, I was a country kid and, and I, I thought I was, you know, <laughs> I thought my music taste was pretty out there, but it probably wasn't really like I, it was, um, still pretty, you know, um, still love the angels and ACDC and all that sort of stuff that yeah. you know, a, a country kid would like. And I was very slow. Then sort of, I guess the next, you know, three or four years, I slowly was um, exposed to un- like the music that existed in Sydney. Like, like to that stage, I think I, I still thought of music as, you know, international bands. I didn't really think yeah. about music that was being made, you know, yeah, in, your, in your suburb. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but that changed. Then I, then I, when I eventually discovered, oh fuck, you can go, you know, five minutes down the road and see, you know, really good bands for fucking five bucks. Um, that did a light did switch on, and then I started sort of, yeah, going to your Newtown hangouts and um, yeah, and seeing live bands. Yeah. So what was JJ like learning to then kind of teach to you? Um, he, he was pretty, he was pretty, um, bold. Like he wasn't just like, I, I just wanted to learn bar chords. I, yep. when, when, <laughs> That's all you need. I mean, uh, well, I think, I think I kind of stopped learning after I learned yeah. the bar chords. Fair like I, once I got the sort of, um, ACDC, um, riffs down, I thought I, I can play guitar now. And I sort of stopped being that interested in, <laughs> in getting any further. Whereas JJ was playing, he always had a bit more, his music tastes were a bit more sort of, um, we both like heavy music, but he liked the Van Halens and the, the technical the more, side. Yeah, the technical stuff. Whereas my yeah. stuff was more the the um, more prehistoric kind of meat and um, potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I remember actually one song that I remember learning with him was we, we used to play um, "Highway Star" by Deep Purple. Okay. And if, if you know that song, it's got a quite, quite a complicated. Well, Richie Blackmore's a you know one of those classical kind of influenced heavy metal guys and, and the solo is quite tricky but the rhythm guitar is actually pretty easy okay so I was just chugging along on rhythm guitar just fucking Good. loving it yep. and, and JJ was and I said yeah you can do that JJ I don't I've got yeah. no interest in doing that you know so, you, take, you take the limelight <laughs> yeah and that's never changed Joel I'm you still could. doing exactly the same thing I feel the people. same way about my bass playing by the way like <laughs> I just I just got to a point where I went I don't need to learn anything else. I can do what I can do. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. Can do it well and confidently. Yep. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and you need you need all those. But you don't you don't need five Richie Black Blackmores that's, in the band. It would be right. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it would be it'd be chaos. And chaos. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You need order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay, you moved to Sydney. Was there obviously there's hundreds of record shops, and you would have had. More like more vari- more variety on the radio. Was there was was radio your main source of music now, or was it more word of mouth and I guess um, not tape trading, but like borrowing yeah. records and tapes off people. Yeah, I, I kind of grew into that. What you're talking about, like the um, like starting to listen to community radio and Triple J was probably a few years into living in Sydney. Like it wasn't sort of straight off the bat. Yep. Because um, again, like the, the like. Coming from Griffith, I thought, you know, the radio. Why would you listen to the fucking radio? That's yeah, just, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old so people kind of congregate. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to realize, oh, there's other radio stations. Um, but, yeah, I, I soon discovered Waterfront and Red Eye Records, um, which, yeah, was – and also the um, – I mean, they, they were great for, as I said, getting into the the local underground sort of stuff. I used to go there to, to discover that or to, or to track down 
you know, bands I'd heard. Yep. But also those um, secondhand record shops on Pitt Street, Ashfields, and um, there was a little, little, little precinct in there on Pitt Street in Sydney where they had like these secondhand record shops that were just chocker fucking block yeah, right. with secondhand records. A massive, massive. Like you would go in there and spend hours just flicking through. Um, and I, I used to discover a lot of stuff that way because I, I, I still was a record crate digger. I used to, you know, love doing that. And it, and it was still also, you know, just before the internet hit. So um, bands that you liked, their complete discography was kind of still a bit of a mystery. Like okay. you, you, yeah, I yeah. didn't know how many Slade records there were. I just used to get, just go to the record shop and flick through S and then try – I did that hundreds of times <laughs> to know about an occasion. Like, Holy shit, there's another album I've never yeah, heard of. Never seen this so, one. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of a, an element of discovery in that um, – Way too. So I was, yeah, I, I was a, a big fan of, of the record crate digging back in those days. Unreal. So, Red Eye. What other shops are there? Red Eye, Waterfront, Waterfront. Yeah. Um, that were the Rocket. two main ones. Yeah, Silver. Oh, that was a bit later, late nineties. Okay, right. I reckon I started going to Silver Rock. That was a really good shop too. Um, I mean, it may have been there. That, that was actually in that Asheville's district. The, the oh, I was okay. Talking about. That but later, yeah. La- yeah, later, later in the nineties, I reckon. Um. Yeah, those those are the two main ones I think I can remember. They were ones I used to go to all the time, basically. And you know, in the in the very early days of Nancy Vandal and the Vandal's Voice, which was a fanzine I did, I used to take them to those record shops and um, initially them. just drop drop them in the in behind the door for free, and then eventually started yeah on the consignment selling them. So yeah. yeah. So tell us how Nancy Vandal came to be a thing. Yeah, well, um, as we've discussed, you know, I was I was mates with JJ and Rolfie from from almost day one getting into uni there and um we started playing a guitar i mean this is a few i'm gonna condense a few years of fucking bullshit like we, we started playing covers at uni at uni parties and stuff but this was again sort of before that sort of eye-opening oh uh, underground music exists you know um putting putting a few things together that just didn't quite fucking connect in my head. Like, like the, the album covers I was drawing for me and JJ's fictional band yeah. were cooler than the actual band Meat Axe. Like Meat Axe was like a boring covers band. What, and were, so what covers were you doing? Uh, probably if you went to the fucking Aaron RSL club tonight, oh, right. you'd see the okay. same ones like, like ROCK in the USA, Summer of 69, all yep. that sort of shit. Um, just stuff we could play. Like the it, it, the the main criteria was can we play it, and if we can, then yeah, okay, that's it. In. Makes the yeah. list, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a few sort of outrider songs. I like we did the Cult, Wildflower, which was a bit of a not not really anyone except us wanted to hear that. Yeah, so yeah. there's a few songs like that. But yeah, we were sort of we were finding if it were, in retrospect, if I could go back to myself and then I say, look, fucking fuck all these covers off. Be Medax, be like the song titles in Medax were these hilarious sort of metal, extreme metal sort of sounding. Like we sounded like like if you saw the Medax covers and read the song, we sound like a sort of a, some sort of thrash so metal you, band. You needed to then write the music that suited the the song. Yeah, but but it, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was all out of kilter. Yeah. Um, but we should have been trying to write. We we they, again it was not being exposed to enough punk. I think was the problem. Like I yeah. I, I knew of punk. From a sort of Sex Pistols. Do you UK. mean do you mean in that DIY ethos yeah, kind of? Yeah, 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 DIY and just and just being more extreme. Like not trying to kind of be an Angels band, like a, a competent you know yeah. pub rock band. Be just be fucking idiots and and 
yeah, eventually, what I guess I'm saying, eventually, what Nancy Vandal became was what we should have done originally, but it took us a few years to kind of work that out. Basically, yeah, that makes sense. And seeing a few bands doing um, exactly that, I guess, probably crystallised the idea too. So, who 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 were those bands that kind of helped you get there? Well, the the band that I'm thinking of is one that you're familiar with, a band called Friends of Rom. I've heard of them. Yeah, you've Seen heard the of name them. a few times, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think they've got a bit, very bright future, actually, yes. if they stick with it. They kicked a guitar, well, not kicked a guitarist, but they got a guitarist in... No, they had their original guitarist was fantastic, and then they got a guy... Yeah. And the band was way better when the other guy... Yeah, there, someone so. should write some sort of... Sort of Document that. Yeah, somehow. document it in musical form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, someone might. Someone they don't might. need a clever name. Just Friends of Rommel Band when Ben was in the band. Like, <laughs> oh, just spell it out. Sounds a bit lazy, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, let's see yeah. if it works. The, the, don't need layers. Just like <laughs> no. no onion skin. Like no onion no, layers. No. Just like get to it. Just, what are you yeah. trying to say? <laughs> yeah, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Paint it black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. The, I, I started seeing Friends or. In my sort of early twenties, I guess, like in this period in, in Sydney, and they were they were doing what we should have been doing. They were they had these funny song titles, super fast, um, pretty. They were more competent musically than we were even back then, but yeah. it wasn't overly technical, and it was mostly sort of you know energy and and um, and just fun. Like I just remember it being really funny and fun, and um, yeah, just sort of it. it um, that band really did sort of change my my perspective. Okay. On on, on what? Because again, I, I guess it, it was the first sort of one of the first underground bands I saw in the flesh, and it was so removed from what I had in my head. You had to be to be in a band. You know what I mean? I was yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually, uh, Jason Jason Beers joined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was the funny thing. Like, uh, again, the weirdness of seeing bands in the in your own environment. Like, I, I around that time I started working at uh, you, um, no, this is before you take. I was working at Zen, the rehearsal studio in okay, Sydney, yeah, yes, yep. Where friends will also rehearse, and and I became friends with them. So <laughs> not only do I go and see them play, I we became friends and um, yeah. um started socialising a lot with um Jay. I mean, Jay and I. Then we're living together with our partners back in the mid nineties. This is okay, and yeah, and then Jay joined Nancy Vandal. It was it was one, the one thing after another, basically. Yeah, see, yeah. So did did Nancy Vandal ever used to be called like, or is it just folklore? Um, Nancy Vandal, the Pop Gun Assassins. No, that was the name okay. originally, um, and we I think we just changed it after the first album just because it was sort of um, mouthful. A mouthful, and also you, when you'd seen on a poster, <laughs> it was really small. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. So no, oh, that's not very clever. So yeah, we just changed it to Nancy. We just started referring to ourselves as Nancy Vanoff for the second album onwards, basically. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and I hate this. This this question makes me sound like a um <laughs> a high school kid interviewing a high school kid band, right? But like, what is the what is the origin oh. of the name? No, that's that, that's a fair question, but there is no origin. It, it, oh, right, it was okay. literally just uh, me trying to think of something that sounded cool. Um, yeah, there's um, if I I, I think um, <laughs> this uh, to connect it back to the podcast. I remember reading that uh, Motorhead guitar player 
uh, Wurzel, who was in that song we listened to previously, yep. he was in a band called The Nancy Boys. And I remember thinking that's a fucking cool name. I don't know why. Okay, so yeah, yeah. That, that, I don't think I've ever told anyone that. that. That was just one thing in the back of my head and then, yeah, Nancy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, just, just words that sounded good basically. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and they did. And they do, I mean. Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, the problem was people thought, always thought there was a girl in the band. Even before there were girls in the band, everyone were, were, often people would say, who is Nancy? Like very oh, fucking, fucking right. literal. Okay. Literal, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that, that 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 was less prom- pronounced when we dropped the Nancy Vandal and the Popgun Assassins. That, that that does sound like there is a Nancy Vandal. Yeah, there is a, yeah. there is a leader of a the person. band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. live and learn. Yeah, indeed. So this one... W- this one was. Uh, this is another question. I don't write questions for this, and I'll cut this bit out. But I don't write questions for this. But one thing I, I read in a zine, like years ago, and it'll you'll work out when it was when the zine came out when I asked the question. Um, you you played with No Effects in ninety seven, ninety eight, uh, maybe. Yeah, we, yeah, we like, played them. Like couple of times but i think that would have been right 97 it was yeah it was on the um yeah 97 98 thereabouts kind of thing yeah 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 and i remember reading in this zine where you said someone's like because it was a punk rock zine they're like how, you know how stoked are you to be playing with no effects <laughs> and you were like yeah like i am but not as stoked as i would have been when they came out last time ah like and that always made me think like you did you only have like was your punks you know your that kind of epifat punk thing only a really quick period of your life? Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember what I'm talking about. There, I saw them at the Phoenician Club, which would have been in '94 or something. Yeah, and that was kind of that. That was when I'd first sort of stumbled onto the the American sort of um, SoCal kind of. Thing, yeah, they were really, really good. Um, 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 that night, like, I don't know, I'd listened to them that much, a little bit. Like, it was almost like I discovered them, and then th- three months later, they were playing something. You know, that, that perfect kind of yeah. lead up to, to seeing some play live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't, but but I mean, but then I kind of moved on to other things, and, I, and by the time we played with them, well, yeah, it was about three years after that. So I sort of I was listening to other stuff then, so I wasn't quite as I mean, that sounds very disrespectful, doesn't it? it no, 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 <laughs> it's not. No, like, like at the time, I was really weirded, weirded out by it. Like, I was like, right, yeah, you know, like, what do you mean you How play arrogant. this band that plays like, you know, <laughs> has a lot of scar in it, and obviously yeah, has yeah. a punk thing, yeah, and, that, and no effects were like, and yeah, no effects were like the leaders in that sound, yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, a couple of years later, you're you're not over it, but you're not, <laughs> you know, the, the shit yeah. is kind of coming off, and I always thought that was interesting. And again, like I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's disrespectful. I just thought it was really interesting that, um, yeah, that yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 it is a good question. And I think, I guess, to me, Nancy Van was always kind of more than just we were kind of jumping around genres a lot, and so my yeah. it, it always kind of I guess it reflected my interests of that, you know, that sort of year or that six months or whatever. So when in the late 90s, I was heaps in a garage. Like all of the stuff I was listening to was sort of more the muffs. Um, uh, what was I listening to in that sort of period? Um, some of the Lookout Records stuff okay. and a lot of the Sympathy for the Record industry stuff yep. uh, I was into at the time. But more sort of garagey, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
and and also the other thing was after you know when we first started getting those bigger tours, we played with all of those sort yeah, of those bands that came through fat record. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of got a bit repetitive, I reckon. Like, um, which is not really a knock on no effects because yeah. they were the, the originators or one of the originators. One but of them, yeah. We play with all those bands, and I, I sort of thought, oh, th- this kind of you know sort of fits with what we play but not really and, and especially the scar stuff more more the scar stuff like again made a rod for my own back by writing a couple of scar songs but to me our scar songs were kind of as made us as much of a scar band as slippery and crap made us a metal band like it was kind of like just a fun oh we'll do that style now and yeah see and that's that's like in the, like when i think about it and i do as bizarre as this sounds i do think about it a lot um <laughs> that comment that you made like when I was that age, like, you know, early, early mid teens, I had no context to context of where you were coming from. All I heard was yeah. like, you were doing fast punk rock <laughs> stuff and you had the guy from friends of Rom who sings, he's playing bass and you're being, yeah, yeah, so I was yeah. like, well, that's where you've come from. Like you couldn't have come from anywhere else. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Which so is a fair it, enough assumption to make. Yeah. Obviously. And to hear yeah. you say that, I was just like, oh, cool. Okay. That's odd. But yeah. And, and now like it makes complete and utter sense. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, and also sort of like again that that sort of discovering friends and then going into that sort of fast punk that that was very much a of that you know that that sort of couple of years in my life like it wasn't like I was listening to you know I, I mean another band that to go on a tangent again no tangent yeah. away I'm I'm all about <laughs> tangents don't worry yeah. <laughs> the the band that that friends all were really influenced by was the Meanies and I I didn't know who they were until I started listening to friends and and you know, become friends with Jason and, and he sort of kind of switched a lot on there. I thought, fuck the meanies, these guys are incredible. And to me, the, 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 what I, what I was trying to do with Nancy, it was as much the meanies as it was, um, no effects or, or that yep. sort of things. So, but, but, yeah. um, the meanies were kind of their own thing. And I, I, I think, I think we were kind of were too. It just, we sort of got swept up a little bit in the, you know, that's the, all that was sort of happening in, the, in those couple of years. So it was sort of part of a, of a bigger, bigger thing. But yeah, um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, if, if, if that hadn't have happened, we probably never would have been, you know, we never would have got any gigs. So yeah, no, that I, makes I, can't sense. Be, I can't be too, um, too dismissive. Yeah, yeah. Because by the time, like the, I don't know where it fits in the discography, but the album after Debriefing Room was um, Bikini High, Pool Party, yeah. Massacre. And yes. that had, yeah, obviously moved away from a punk. Yeah. Like that, yes. you know, fast punk stuff. Yeah. And that probably was when we played with No Effects and that period of, um, we didn't, we never played with No Effects with Jason, the band. So it was after the briefing room. It would have been in the yeah Bikini Hire, which was um, kind of more reflective of that sort of garagey, um, rocker from the crypt type um, yeah. stuff that I was into. In that era, so yeah, that's why it was kind of just, just. I guess what I was trying to say, trying to uh, explain my comments from however, however long ago it was, it just was out of step slightly with where the band was playing with no effects at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, just style wise, but you know, that's fucking whatever. Yeah, cool. No, like again, it's always because you know, there's. I've had. Um, I could like someone could easily say to me like, hypothetically, so like years ago, a band I played in. Like got a strung out support, and yep. in theory, I should have been like I've played with millions of millions of US bands, but yep. like got a strung out support, and I had my like moment of, 
I mean, yeah, like it would have been great four years ago. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's just like it's, it's cool. But yeah, it's it's yeah. cool to have the association. Yeah, but like it's also like I wouldn't have come to this show unless I was playing it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all it also is kind of a bit of a backhanded compliment, but to how much I enjoyed No Effects the first time I saw them, like it was. Yeah, my jaw was dropping then. Yep. So it was, it, and and I guess that that again also is comes down to unless you're like a super fan. Eventually, you kind of get used to a band sound, and it's not as you know um, immediately impactful as it is the first time. Oh, kind of like get yeah, into it. mate. I still get this is the first like this is the, this year was the first year since the first time I've ever seen No Effects where I've not gone and seen them. Yes, I remember you saying that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, it happens. It happens, but yeah. it wasn't because I don't like them because I yeah. still get stoked. Like despite what like what a lot of my like a lot of my friends. They've like they're stuck with, which is fine. Like you know, because I've it happens with everything. But like a lot, of, so, so a friend went and saw him and was like, "Yeah, oh, they didn't play much off this album, and right?" Like, yeah, 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 but that album came out twenty five years yeah, ago. Yeah, they're different people. Yeah, what do you expect? Like they've yeah, released yeah, yeah. eight albums since that yeah. one album. What do yeah. you expect? Kind of thing. And like it's it's just it is what it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty. So we're gonna go with a Frenzel song. Um, what song? Yeah, this this song kind of represents that sort of uh, awa- frenzel awakening I had uh, at, the, at the time in the early nineties. Yep, um, and it's a song called "Why Aren't You Dead." Don't want to hesitate 
And what was it about this song? Like, yeah, because um, it, like, but I guess by the time this was released, they'd already done Coughing Up a Storm. Oh, no, they hadn't. No, no, this was, this was sort of just b- before, before, even before Dick Sandwich. This was, this is like the, this is, I think this is kind of like the first batch of songs, basically. That, okay. Um, and they, they did a, a seven inch called Never Mind the Ruse. Yes. Which is what I would have heard it on first. No, sorry about the Ruse. Sorry about the Ruse. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a principal skinner. Quote. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that where it um, came from? The sorry e- about the ruse. <laughs> he tricks um, Keeney and all of the bullies, um, Nelson, into going to a room um, where they had free bicycles. And they okay. walk into the room and there's no bikes there. And Skinner jumps in and goes, sorry about the ruse, gentlemen, and locks him in there. I think maybe they're having a school inspection or something. That's fantastic because that's <laughs> it's one of those you know that's why people listen to the My Age podcast they get those tidbits <laughs> of information that no one else out there has yeah that's right the All deep right. cuts as you said yeah <laughs> yeah well I think that actually that was another thing that that struck a chord to me with with Frenzel is the the funny funny and long song titles I think I mean that's a, a you can draw a, a line directly with the Nancy Vandal stuff with that sort of like coming up with a song title first and then writing the song back working the rest there. around it yeah okay, yeah so. Do, did Nancy Vandal ever try to go or like take it overseas? No, we didn't, man. I, I don't know why we didn't ever try. Yeah. Um, it just didn't sort of enter our. I had, had a discussion with Dean about this recently, actually. Why didn't we ever try to go to the States or Europe, whatever? But um, yeah. I think we were so fucking broke with the idea of. And, and, and Dean reckons that air travel was more expensive back then than it is now. Yeah. So I, I think it was just financially. We, we never had a record. Like we, we were strictly everything was DIY. So every bit of money we had, we put into doing the next album and yep. then you know going on a tour and stuff. So we just didn't. I don't think we didn't quite get popular enough to um, warrant it either. I mean, I, I, I do remember around the time of the debriefing room, I sent Frank Kozik a CD. Frank Kozik is the artist. Um, you know a lot of his art from the mid '90s sort of stuff, and he had a label called Man's Ruin. Um, which is a, this all sounds really familiar, and I don't. Yeah, know, something you, you tell me something, and the penny will drop. But yeah, go on. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he, he had this label called Man's Ruin, and, and he used to do the artwork for all the releases. So we, it was kind of a bit of an inspiration for me in that regard too. Like he was, the, he was the big. His style basically defined that sort of mid '90s. It's it's not big coop, posters. It's not coop. No, style, but it's similar. It's similar, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same sort of vibe. You would mistake the two. Kozik's was lots of sort of fairy tale characters with, you know, bloody knives and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I'm very... just looking at there's a Beastie Boys, Cypress Hill, yep. Rollins Band tour poster yep. with an yep. angry yep. looking rabbit with a machine gun. That's him. That's Frank Kozik. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, he got back to me. He really liked the debriefing room. Um, okay. And I, I just can't remember whatever happened. Like, I, I think it was sort of, it was after it came out. And it was the way he said, oh, yeah, let me know the next thing you're going to do. And I, I just, I mean, yeah, I don't know why I didn't fucking pursue it. I, it was a bit of a big, like a, the most, the, the coolest interest <laughs> someone ever showed in the band. But I, I think, I, I don't just, know how I, maybe it was email. It might have been sort of when emailed first sort of. Yeah, early days. Off. Yeah, yeah. I can't quite remember. But yeah, we never just, never really had the, the in our head to go overseas and um, didn't. Yeah. Because yeah. I often wonder like, you know, is 
is Australian like Australian humor is so like a lot of it's really niche. Yep. And doesn't trans like the, you know there's a reason why there's a show <laughs> that I got into recently called uh fuck what was it called? Oh god damn. I'll <laughs> think of it in a second. Okay. But it was Australian comedy. Um and the US basically remade it because oh, the, the 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 cops and the The car. cop one. Yeah, yeah what's it yeah, called? Yeah. No um, activity. No, no activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you watch the Australian version, you go, "This is fantastic," and then you watch the US one and go, "Oh, I can see why they remade it. Like they couldn't yeah. have, they wouldn't have got it." Right. And I've I've yeah. seen a couple of the, the American episodes, but I haven't seen the Australian one. Okay, yeah, Australian ones. It's it's different. Right. It's the same guy, isn't it? Isn't the same guy in both? No, 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 no. It's oh, the okay. US ones. Are all American cast. Oh, okay. I thought like the Will Ferrell. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw, that's why I watched it. I saw the Will Ferrell episode. Yeah, and the ladies' man guy whose name I can't think of. Yes, I know that guy. Yeah, Jason Mazukas or something. No, 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 no. The, the um, there's a guy. There's an SNL character called the Ladies' oh. Man. Oh. And they did a and I can't think of the guy's name. He's the African American guy. Oh yeah, I know the guy. He's in lots of good stuff. He's yeah. In, yeah. Um, Walk hard with them. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's the yeah. drug. He's the, the the guy in the band who offers Will Ferrell yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah. the drugs or whoever it is, all the drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, in Meadows. Well. Tim Meadows. His name is right. There you go. I'm yeah, horrible yeah. with names. Yeah, oh, I'm not that good either. But I just come good then. You did well. You did well then. <laughs> Sick. Um, so, so Nancy Vandal kind of slow. Did you ever call it quits? Um. Like I and then I, and then kind of come back or was it like well, yeah what happened yeah I, I think when it when we first stopped I thought that was it I yep. I, I, I was over it um, and yeah my wife and I moved from Sydney we were gonna have kids I thought oh that's that's it yeah <laughs> yeah and I and was happy to like we were sort of yeah it was um I was, I was just a bit over it. I, over over playing over touring and even music like I sort of um. Even sort of lost interest in music altogether for a couple of years around that time. So yep. I, I, had, I fully anticipated it would be finished. Yep. What what a fool! What a fool indeed. <laughs> um. But so, what were you doing? Yeah. What were you doing in your lull? Were you still playing music, or no, did you I try really... to try to be a try to be a normie like a just yeah. a guy? Yeah. That was it. I did that. Yeah. I, would try, I I tried to be a normie. I was. Um, <laughs> I thought uh, hilariously. I thought, oh, I'm 30 now. That's too old to be in a band. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> There's the 48 year old guy fucking still going, going to yeah rehearsal next week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just um. I, th- I think I was just uh, over. I, I kind of b- burnt out a little bit um on the playing and just music everywhere. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird because when I came, when we first moved to Bathurst, I sort of just stopped listening to music music as obsessively as I used to. Like yep. I sort of just, um, when I, and also <laughs> you might be able to relate to this when we had kids, like you just lose a little bit of your identity. I reckon like you just sort of suddenly I was just, um, I was so focused on making sure we had enough money and yeah. all of the, sort of the adult sort of concepts that I lost that sort of the, the fucking around. Yeah. Of. Like I've got, and I'm, as I'm sure you do, obviously, like, friends in bands who have kids who kind of never stopped, like, going... Yeah. Not not going hard, but, you know, they, they still yeah, play yeah. in bands and do their thing. 
And I'll look at it and go, I don't know how the fuck you do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially when they're young. Like, how old's your... So you 18 be? months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that, that's a full-time fucking yep. occupation, that is. Yeah. It's so, uh, yeah, so that, yeah. <laughs> Not to dissuade anyone from having children, but, yeah, it's... um. It's it does cut into some aspects of your life. Yeah. So, yeah. but but it wasn't just that. I, I did, you know. I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm moving on to the next phase of my life. I'm a dad now. Yep. And all of that entails. I sort of thought that was it. Is this when you became a school teacher? Like you actually? Stepped no, into no, no, no. I, I skipped over that part of my life. Like I, I did that in that sort of early twenties um, period, but of a very brief amount of time. Okay. Yeah. Right. The music, play, learning guitar, and playing in bands, sort of was a dominated yes technical knockout uh, yep. winner in that situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not technical an actual knockout I yeah. Think, and yeah no yeah a proper KO yeah one fist to the face yeah. knockout yeah so were you still doing art like did art kind of because art seems yeah. like art to you like let me hold on let me s- so my my slowing down with the band thing I thought I still need a creative out and not that not that there's doing this podcast is incredibly creative because I'm just listening to what other people have achieved, <laughs> but like this is my kind of like yeah. I still get to do something. I still get to kind of remain like hear what people are doing and like yeah. still kind of get that vibe to it. And you're producing like, something. You're yeah, producing yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But I don't have to go to Prague and yeah, play yeah. on a Tuesday night or whatever. Like yeah. yes, did did art kind of fill that void for you or? Yeah, a, a little bit. I, I actually, the, the thing that I was really doing at that time was, was short film making. I really got into making short films. Okay. Um, so that was sort of, and also, I mean, I was still doing art commercially for a living. So I was sort of doing it, but I wasn't doing as much of the cool shit because I wasn't in a band anymore and wasn't, yeah. you, know, you know, working for bands and stuff. So the art got a bit sort of more commercial, I guess, for that period. But the, the short film making was, was my outlet, I reckon, um, that I. Yeah, I sort of did for about four or five years there. Got right into it. Did they ever see the light of day? Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I got in a, a Tropfest finalist. Oh wow! Year. That's yeah, fantastic. yeah. It was um, it, that was it was all sort of pre Facebook and stuff. So like, unless you lived in Bathurst and was talking, you wouldn't even know about it probably. But um, yeah, yeah I, I got in. I got sort of in the in the fi- in the cut for Tropfest a few years and then made the finals one year. Um, so yeah, it was sort of. I mean. That was yeah. That was that was my equivalent, I guess, of, of being in a band. I was doing little films instead. That's fantastic. That's unreal. So I don't know. Like, where do you go from here? How did um? Because <laughs> like I don't like this is the hardest bit of this podcast because <laughs> like for you you're you know late forties. Yes. But the last category kind of finishes early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> so like, how do you sum up like? I mean, you know, yeah, like early to mid twenties. How do you sum up twenty years? But like, let's see if we can sum up twenty years. Like, <laughs> you know, what are some highlights? <laughs> well, having the kids did wipe out, you know, <laughs> five voided five of those. Right. That's that's what um, I've got to look forward to. <laughs> no, you're in it. You're you're in it. You're almost at the end, John. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> now I think. Um, Nancy Vandals did a couple of reunions in the late two thousands. We did one with Friends of Rom, actually. Speaking of them again, yep. And I think that kind of just got the bug in me back again. Like I didn't even play guitar much in those intervening years, but that kind of got me interested in it again. And then, yeah, it was just I just recaught the bug and, and also recaught the listening to music bug. Like I sort of, um, I guess with the with the explosion of all of the sort of YouTube and Facebook and stuff, like it actually 
it's a new way of it's the new crate digging if you yeah will. like you yeah, know absolutely. I, 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 I went in on, on these big sort of voyages of, of discovery and, and a lot of the stuff is you probably know listen to me talking on the uh, podcast yep is about find just just discovering stuff that is, that has existed that I just never heard the first way through. I mean, I, st- I still like listening to music, new music as well, and discovering new stuff. I'm, I'm, um, I probably don't go and see shows as much, but I do make a, a fair bit of an effort to go to Sydney when I can to sort of see stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, it is very hard to sum up, but uh, I guess I'm I'm back to being sort of fascinated and and um and um, hungry to listen to music again basically yeah abs- um that's not, yeah. which is really like for me it's really exciting because knowing that like again like there's probably about 10 years age difference between us yes so like, i've got that to look forward to like it's yeah, not yeah. all over kind of thing no yeah. no no if you want it to be it's not all over yeah yeah that's yeah. That's, that's, that's the message good i like that um <laughs> okay so let's talk about um the neptune power power federation yes how did that all come about? Um, I think that was just yeah, me wanting to do some music again, but that wasn't Nancy Vandal, I guess. So we were sort of we we'd um we'd done a few reunions and stuff, which was fun. Um, but I guess I was, I was just I, I suddenly become motivated to do something different. Um, and I guess that, I mean as I said before, Nancy Vandal always did try some different stuff, but there's always a certain amount of parameters you need to stick to with Nancy Vandal. Was whereas starting a new band was like a you know, clean grand, grand zero thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, re- really fortunate enough to get um, or to meet Troy, um, the guitar player, who was mates with, with Dean. And I, I kind of knew him peripherally back in the day, but not really. Yep. Um, and, and I hadn't actually played in a band that had an actual gun musician in it before. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and that does really fucking change all the parameters. Like yeah. suddenly, oh, fuck. And then, then Lauren, the, the singer, um, Jay's wife, um, also gun gun singer. Like it just, yeah, it's um, it's a different experience. Like Nancy Mandel was always fun and still kind of is when we, when we play. But there's limitations musically what we yeah. can do because we're just limited musicians, whereas... Playing with people that are really good um, is good. Yeah, <laughs> and you've How's just revelation. You've just kind of released a new album. A few. Yeah, weeks. yeah, we released a new album late last year. Oh, um, was it la- that long ago? Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, like, we're very late last year. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're, we're, we're trying to do another album within a year, which is uh, unheard of so far. With, with every album's taken a couple of years because everyone. Still has kids and families and yep. jobs and things. Not not as simple as it once was, but um, this one we're, we're we're trying to turn it around fast. Or I'm trying to I'm fucking cracking the whip. That's what I bring to the band. I don't bring any skill <laughs> musically. I just fucking force everyone yeah, to, to do just, shit in a timely manner. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got their job. Yep. Yeah, and, exactly. And exactly, the strong yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's really into it. I think. Um, I mean, it's fun playing with Jay again. Like. Um, yeah. Uh, and I really. I do enjoy doing stuff with him because it, it, these days he, you know, records bands for a, a living and he's really good at it. And I think it just, he's got a really good ear for all sorts of music. And so it's, he's like a, a really good sounding board. Like he's not, doesn't, he doesn't over involve himself um, by choice, not, not because uh, I or we don't want him to, but yeah. when he does come up with stuff, it's always fucking, yeah, well, like it. 
there's there's a <laughs> so have a, have a yeah yeah he just he just has a a, a unique sort of perspective on things and because yeah he, he records a lot of bands he sort of he hears a lot of what you know what's good and what's bad too so yeah it's just yeah. good, good he's got a good filter for it okay yeah. then so what else um what a, let's what about the podcast let's let's talk about that yeah how podcasts. did this come about um jason your another jason your co-host yeah, another jason, getting confusing yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah I, I met jason in that that sort of in that void period i told you about where i just moved to bathurst and sort of stopped getting into music ironically when when i met the person that i was going to do a podcast, podcast about music. With, yeah yeah we both work at this record shop in in bathurst i only worked there for about six months like on, on a saturday it was like a sort of a part-time job basically while i was finding my feet a bit yep and Jason had just sort of finished, so we sort of met at a at a at a um, uh, Christmas party for the record shop. Yeah, just really hit it off. Um, yeah, we both both sort of <laughs> both loved to chat. Um, he was kind of also sort of in a similar sort of period where he wasn't listening to much music, which is weird. But we we both sort of realised we kind of had some common interests. Like his his interests a bit more sort of skewed towards the 60s and pop music and a bit more sort of mellower stuff. Yeah. But we, we both had a sort of overlap as well. Like both loved ACDC and Credence and, um, yeah, just sort of like we, we, we would get together a lot and just have long conversations and eventually I think it was Jason's idea to do the podcast. He said, well, why, why don't we translate some of these conversations into a um, digital format? And, um, yeah, the podcast is basically just what we do when we're together normally but it, we record it and yeah and with with i don't want to call them skits because they're more than that <laughs> but um interludes yeah. even interlude i like interlude that's yeah. good yeah 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 well i mean in, in that getting back to that little short uh film uh period i had jason was involved in those too so we always were doing little skits and short films and jason's great with um characters and voices and things like we've just we've always been doing that sort of we we uh, yet another um interlude here we we used to get together the other the other passion chase and i were both aussie rules fans we used to get together for grand final day regularly who, had the, who who's your team uh richmond is my team and uh how'd they go last year didn't I tell you about that, John? No, like I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it mentioned before. I did have a win. Away from Tigerland, a fighting fury. We're from Tigerland. Yeah, so we, we used to have these grand final parties, but they were really fucking mental. Like we, we used to do these short films, and we had this band that was just me and Jace. We do a film clip for the band, and it was it was just this very elaborate theatrical thing that was mostly done for our benefit, much like the podcast, mostly done yep. for our benefit and people going, what the fuck is this? But kind of got swept along in the, and we used to make them dress up. Like it was like, you had to wear formal dress to the, to the, my place for the day. We used to, yeah, it was just, it was just it was a lot of, a lot of pomp and ceremony basically. Good. Very good. Yeah. So it sort of translated, I think the vibe of that into the podcast with the, um, you know, with the characters and the, yeah, the nonsense and stuff. Yeah. It, um, it amuses us and we just foist it upon everyone else. I, th- I think it's like, I mean, you you guys do it every week and, and it, as I said before we started this podcast, it blows my mind because the amount of production, pr- yeah, the amount of production that goes into it is, again, for a weekly thing, doing it for no money <laughs> as, a, as a side thing it is, is just fucking amazing. 
It's like, totally stupid. Eh? It's, yeah. it's over the top, but like, what he like? If you're gonna do something, do it like that. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess like getting back to what you said before, like it it, it did it does feel to me like. Uh, like, like it is similar to being in a band. Like you kind of get together, you do this little thing, you produce it. You know, you've it's. You know, <laughs> the bands that I play in have never really been something that's, um, been geared towards making a living out of it, or even you know, yeah. making a, any money. But it's it's just a compulsion, I guess. You like sort of, it's showing off. Yeah. You're yeah. a show off and you've got to fucking show off to someone. So. You got it. Yeah, someone yeah, that's right. Anyone. So, Condition Mint, um give it a, a brief rundown of kind of what it's about. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a music podcast, but we don't play a lot of them. It's it's not dissimilar to to your podcast. It's yep. a, we we play two songs a week, um which one of us brings one in, one of them brings the other. Loosely defined by some sort of theme which can be very loose or sometimes it's, it's quite specific. And we just talk about the song. Um, Jace loves talking about production. Both and I, he and I are really big on, you know, he's a guitar player as well. Very competent guitar player actually for yep. people that didn't know. Um, and he just loves talking about, yeah, the sort of the, the recording side of things. And and, um, and then we also like a little bit of, you know, Wikipedia research and sort of finding little um, interesting bits of trivia about the, the bands. And we like, we like a, a, a strangled metaphor too. Um, yes. Joel, you wouldn't yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> so we love to sort of weave in, yeah, a unique way of looking at a certain thing is, is sort of our specialty, I guess you would say. And like, you know, coming from someone who's definitely had like musical ears in a different place yes. to what you are, there's, the episodes are fantastic because you don't have to know the song, yeah, you, know, you know, know anything yeah. about it, but, but like there's there's so much to enjoy yeah, there's so much to enjoy about the episodes, even if you don't yeah, know that's the a song big, or know the category. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big thing because we, we didn't want it to be sort of like just yeah. If it was just for fans of the songs, it would be such a fucking niche yeah. podcast. Yeah. So yeah, it's trying to be as you know as fun and uh, and and um, yeah broad as possible. And I do I do love hearing that when when you know so we have some friends who listen to the podcast who have no idea about the music we're playing or interest in it, but they listen to it because they like it. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And I, I definitely recommend anyone listening to this should definitely check it out because it's, it's like, again, even if you just took the production aspect of it, <laughs> listen to it for that, but as well, like it, and the, the other thing I really like about it is that it's, and that's what I try to do with this. Like it's really evergreen kind of, it's the evergreen episodes where you can listen. You don't have to be there and then, that no, way to no, listen no. to it. You can listen exactly, to it. Yeah. You know, you you can listen to it three months after the fact or yes. two years after the fact, and it's yes. still relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, so, dude. Yeah, it's great. Anyhow, that's look. You're a busy man, and it's you do, <laughs> like it's it's amazing. You know, you just you keep plodding along. Well, not plodding along is probably not the right <laughs> way because you're charging for shuffling towards. Yeah, death. shuffling. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't have said death, but, you know, like whatever the <laughs> ultimate thing is. Success, success. Success, shuffling, yes. Shuffling let's, towards success. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's sum it up with a song. What have you okay. got? Okay. Um, yeah, this uh, this could be anything really, this song, but I, I've, I've chosen a song that um, um, kind of captures my intrigue into finding stuff that I'd never heard before. Um, usually a lot of these, these things sort of veer towards the late 60s, early 70s sort of garage and and 
proto punk, proto metal sort of stuff. And this kind of encapsulates all those things. It's by a band called Inside. There's very little information in this band. I don't know much. I know zero about them, and, and there's not much to be known. Yeah. Uh, the song's called Wizard King. Good. And That's a powerful suspect, name. <laughs> I suspect no one's ever heard it, um, but if you want to have a listen, uh, you can have a listen now. So before we go on, before we actually, before yes. we wrap it up, yes. What? How did you come across this band? Uh, just YouTube channels that that, that, that sort of specialise in this kind um, of thing, uncovering yeah weird sort of um, novelties from that never never discovered in any time, and the kind of some some dude has uploaded it to YouTube, and yeah, it's got a sort of second life. Where are they from? I don't even know that. I think they're American. Okay, um, and even the date of this uh, this seven inch is kind of. You often see it, 1970 question mark. Right. Okay. So wow. it's, it's that it's that obscure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. There's just there's just um, a ton of these sort of. I mean, this is probably on the more obscure end, but a lot of these bands that were just released as a seven inch in the 60s or 70s, and then the, the band just disappeared and never heard of again. Then sort of you know 20 or 30 years later, or how fucking longer than that. Yeah. Someone uploads it to YouTube and it sort of get, get, gains an audience and sort of gets Yeah, the audience finds it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I just love, I love that aspect yeah. of it too, the other, that, exactly what you said. Like the, the audience is just sort of – it finds its audience eventually yeah. after yeah. decades of just sitting around doing nothing. Insane. Mate, that's that's amazing. The band's called – Oh, sorry. The band's called Inside. No, you did say that. You did say that. I just yeah, I yeah. completely forgot. I was too captivated <laughs> by Wizard King. Yeah, I know. That was, we, that's the key. That's the key element. Yeah, that's so oh, – And also, it's two, it's two Zs. Wizard with two Zs. Good. Fantastic. Just to keep them on their toes. <laughs> I know. Keep everybody right? on their toes. Um, look, Mike, thank you so much for doing this. I've, like, I've ticked off a lot of personal things for me, but, like, it's – I, I, everyone should listen to Nancy Vandal. Everyone should listen to the Neptune Power Federation, and obviously everyone should listen to Con- Condition Mint. Like it's, thank yeah. you, Joel. That is a very kind of you. <laughs> um, and I'll plug. Obviously, like there's a lot to plug there, so I'll put it up. I'll, I'll put it all up on the socials. Cool. Because we'd be here all day with all your different yes, ventures yeah, yeah, of yeah, links man. and that kind of thing. But um, yeah. Unreal. Let's do it inside. Awesome. Wizard King with two Zs. <laughs> Cheers, Joel. Cheers, mate.
Thanks for listening. Um, again, really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Blood, Sweat and Beers this weekend, if you've made it this far. Fantastic. It was going to be a fantastic event. Um, hopefully see you there. Facebook.com slash My Age Podcasts. Uh, Instagram. Well, at My Age Podcast on Instagram. PayPal.me slash My Age Podcast. If you think this, this episode was worth a dollar. Or even if you think it was worth more than a dollar. Um, again, always appreciated, but never expected. Uh, and until, I guess, next fortnight, we shall sprecken soon. Jeez. Everybody knows the captain line. Everybody got this broken feeling. Like their father or their dog just died. Everybody talking. To their pockets Everybody wants A box of chocolates In the long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows That you love me baby Everybody knows That you really do Everybody knows That you've been faithful Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Shining 